In the words of the great Kirk Cousins, if I die, I die. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm David. And we took two mild cynics who share their self-proclaimed expertise in the fields of Christianity, church culture, music, sports, and current events. We put them in a room and hit record. Welcome to the Be Legit, Don't Suck podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. This is officially the first episode of fall. Hey, it is, yeah. Yeah, autumn. Yeah. Uh, ooh, for for uh, you fancy folk. Otoño. Ooh, is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, sounds nothing like fall or autumn. Otoño. It, it kind of sounds almost like autumn. El otoño. Oh, autumn. What, yeah, are, autumn. what are all the other ones? What's winter? Invierno. Oh, that one's totally different. Yeah, el invierno. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about spring? Uh, la primavera. Oh, I love that one. La I knew that one. I knew that one. The uh, primavera. The primavera. <laughs> what about uh, summer? Summer, el verano. Yeah, they're all so different. Yeah. Actually, autumn's kind of the closest yeah. one. El otoño. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny. Anyway. Um, so there's your Spanish lesson. Lesson. <laughs> lesion. <laughs> lesion. There's so your Spanish And here's lesson. your English <laughs> yeah, and your English lesson. Why? Why Beautiful. are words hard right now? Ah. Maybe just the day. I don't know. I only had two cups of coffee, so oh, that's not enough. No, nah, dude. I yeah, my intake has gone up, man. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you in the sun? Well, I, maybe I had this drink like six or seven times this summer, but I started yeah. doing what I did last year—the two shots over ice thing. Oh yeah, bro. It, I've been experimenting. So I've been trying to like change it up. Well, one, I go to Samira. Yeah, and. uh Local coffee shop. Local coffee shop. Ooh, that hurt. Ooh, nice. I just popped my knuckle. Popped <laughs> like knuckles, really loud. You know, Ouch. Releasing gases. That hurt. Um, but what I've started doing is every barista, I'm just like, hey, make me whatever you want. It's been kind of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. It, well, I have had bad experiences doing, doing that. that. Well, yeah. I. it's just because I know all of them. That makes sense. Yeah. So like, with people, I don't know. if it's McKinley, I can tell McKinley, yeah, I don't like it. And I don't <laughs> feel bad at all. <laughs> oh, but so far, everything she's made me is great, so it doesn't even matter. Nice. But I've been trying to change it up. Yeah. I've been doing little macchiatos, you know, macchiato. where it's just like the little espresso, and then they splash a little like steam little, or foam yeah. in there. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of nice. That is nice. I feel fancy. Well, yeah. And if it's good coffee, okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. I love Samira. Yeah. I really think their coffee is great. Yeah. And when it's and like you can you can go do like two shots, mm-hmm. just that. Just and it's great. Espresso. Yep. And it's really, really good. And I, <laughs> the other day, I tried going to. And this is look, I if you if you if you oh, enjoy no. Starbucks, then oh. that's great. And I'm not and I, honestly, this is not shade at you, but we. I went. And I don't know why I did this. This is probably my mistake. But I asked yeah. for two shots over ice at Starbucks. At Starbucks, ooh, yeah, that's tough. It was. I drank it because you know, it's yeah, like you five got bucks, it. yeah. But it was tough, bro. No, <laughs> Starbucks is designed for all that hefty flavor. Like, yeah, it's just. Well, somebody said that they intentionally burn their roast, or they it's like well done. I don't know what you yeah. call it, but did, had you heard that? I mean, it doesn't sound true. Well, <laughs> they do it for some chemical reason. Yeah, I mean but that's I fine. Don't know. But that sounds like if I was like. I don't know, like I deflated a tire. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I meant to do that. I meant to do that. Yeah. Because I want a softer ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. Some people do uh, that, bro. Gross. Oh, dude. 
Well, that wasn't even what I think our uh, intro prompt was. But, no. Um, that was great. So um, this episode will be fairly short. Yeah. Because I got places to go, people yeah, to see. places to go, people to see. Uh, also, I don't really know what this topic's even going to like look like or what the answer is, but I just wanted to talk about it. You have a one-word topic, and yeah. I think it's going to be great because we're really good at this. Yeah. So the one word is death. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to preface this with uh, I'm okay. No one worry about me. Is this like a but, Halloween special or? Yeah, we're gonna buy, talk about ghosts and ghouls. Okay. It's uh, Supernatural Part Two. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny how we're going into like all this supernatural stuff. Yeah, into Halloween. When I one. read when I read our uh, the title today, like when I listened back, I'm like, I look at this and I for some reason was thinking, oh, we're gonna talk about like werewolves and ghosts and stuff. Yeah, the supernatural. But, well, I mean, we kind of like if you listen to the. The little snippet that we had, the show highlight. Oh, yeah, that was, it was a little... (laughs) Slithering on the ground. People, you know, screaming, but like not like normal screaming, like (laughs) like dying screaming. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I, uh, I went to coffee with, uh, Alex Kloniger, one of our friends. One of our, one of our friends and great listeners. Yes, he listens, he listens faithfully. We do need to have him. Mm -hmm. He's a smart dude. Um, but we were talking and it was randomly, I got on the topic about it that I think about death in a lot of ways, um, but I was thinking about when we had our nephew. So when our nephew was born, um, I like had the thought of, oh my gosh, this kid's going to be in my life for my entire life, mm. and he will be there when I die. So, like, he so will you, outlive is, me. This is a baby, right? Yeah, it's this just a, a baby. Br- uh, br- so you look at the child and thought, you're going to see me die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not physically see me, but he will be bear witness to like my funeral. Like the de- yeah, you're you right. Know? He'll be like, wow, that's my uncle, and he's dead. Yeah, that's and that's every. It's a weird thing, but that's kind of like every parent's yeah dream or hope. Yeah, is that you outlive? Yeah, you or your kids outlive you? Oh, absolutely. Right, not right. you outlive your kids. Right. Like, <laughs> no. I'm gonna beat all y'all. No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that, and then when we got this puppy, I had the you know you always try to figure out. I think. Australian Shepherds live like 12 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, doing the math there when they die. Say I have a kid in like two years. Yeah. That kid would probably be like 13 when this dog dies. Yeah. And so then I had that thought, like, okay, how old will I be? I'm going to have to talk to a 13-year-old about death. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Is is Am I weird for thinking about this no. kind of stuff? No. I... I think you're 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 nearing your thirties. Mm. <laughs> There's yes. some of that. So maybe that's part of it. Well, yeah, because you know, when you're young and, and dumb, for lack of yeah. a better expression, um, you don't really think inward much and don't yeah. think too much about stuff. So it yeah. makes sense that, hey, this thing about death plus yeah. building a family, right. having those answers, yeah, think about yeah. it now. Well, and that's I think I was just I think about it a lot because obviously it's a one hundred percent certainty. Mm-hmm. Save like a point one thousandth to the ninth percent of right. people, like Jesus and uh, Enoch. Enoch, and then what? And Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah. So. Elijah. Yeah. Elisha died. Right. Elijah did. Elijah. Yeah. Right. So save for those three, everybody dies. <laughs> that's not a lot. <laughs> that's not. That's not a good statistic. Yeah. Those are just weird outliers. Well, what about the people that actually Jesus did die, but he rose, so it still counts. He died. Does that count? Yeah, I guess it counts. But he rose again. He rose again. But he did for sure die. Yeah. So what about the people that all resurrected, like rose from the graves when oh, Jesus... Oh, yeah. There's that too. And Lazarus. Okay, there's a handful. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but okay. But did not die. Because they all... All of those died. Yes. Even Jesus. Only two... Only Enoch and Elijah. Enoch and Elijah didn't die. Wow, right. that's crazy. 
Yeah, that is great. What does that mean? God was just like, nah, man, you, you just come with me. Yeah, you know what? You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone How else. How could you be that kind of person? Like, what do you have to be doing to be that person? Enoch, we know nothing about. Right, right. We have an unofficial book of his that supposedly he wrote, but they're like, we can't confirm it, so we're not putting right, it in there. Right, If you read it, it's wild, dude. It is wild, yeah. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah. But um, I have all my weird theories that might be heresy because of that book, so I'm not going to talk about it. We should have a... <laughs> a heresy should, podcast? Well, we we should have one like, um, weird beliefs of ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be considered heretical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, uh, I'm not going to... We'll have a yeah. later episode about that. We'll do it. Anyway, um, the death thing. But then I was thinking about, and I was talking to a friend today about this, is years ago, uh, I had a pastor who, uh, he died on a missions trip in India. It's like a tragic accident. Yeah. Yeah. It was super sudden and uh, rattled our church, right? Yeah. And it had me in this state for a couple of years where I had a crippling fear of people around me dying that I really cared about. Really? Like I would text my brother and if he didn't text me back like in an hour or two, I'd be freaking out like, oh crap, what happened to him? Where is he? Yeah. Um, and I dealt with that for a long time. It took a long time to kind of get out of that. Um, I don't even think I really got comfortable with it till like I started dating my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause wow. I felt those old feelings kind of creeping back where I'm like, I'd text her and I'm not hearing back. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I had to like, you know, no, she's at work. Don't be stupid. Right, right. And I learned to kind of work through that. So probably five years, I struggled with that kind of feeling. It was sort of like a PTSD almost. Yeah, something like that probably. You know, if I talked to a counselor, they could probably figure me out a little better. But anyway, so all that to say, like, you know, I guess if this goes anywhere, like, how do you think about death? Is it scary to you? And then do you think we have an obsession with it in our culture? Or how do we have a healthy idea of death i don't know let's just talk about death yeah uh yeah <laughs> do you so, think about your mortality a lot uh no not really and I, I and i wonder if that's good or bad you know i think i don't i don't think we well i well i guess it depends on what stage of life you're in but i'd mm-hmm. say like i'm i'm guessing gen z for instance yeah they're more they're very they're pretty dark yeah they really love talking about it and yeah. they love the idea of dying yeah like a lot yeah. But theirs is very nihilistic. Right, like, right. Uh, they might as well end it all Might anyway. as well, yeah. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, I think about that. Uh, I think about pre- pre- previous generations not wanting to give up the ghost, if you will. Like, I don't know if millennials were like that, boomers, I think. Or we always skip Gen Z. I mean, Gen, Gen X. X. Well, they are the lost generation. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Gen so, X. Yeah. Uh, boomers. I wonder if... I. Th- I th- think they're more like immortality and trying to uh, extend life as much as possible. Yeah. And then you have like my grandparents, I guess that's the greatest generation or whatever they were, you know, called themselves coming out of the war. They're like, yeah, we lived through wars. (laughs) Like, okay, cool. Um, (laughs) Okay. So did did we, but we were sad about it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, But like the obsession with like, oh, Jesus is coming. You know, you hear about like, they were just always trying to predict it. And there's a lot of those still. Yeah. Um, but it was this obsession with like, I don't want to experience death. I want Jesus to come back and take me away. Right. Like they were obsessed with the rapture, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's chilled out in our generations. Yeah. Where like most people, millennials I talk to especially are like, eh, if it, even if it happens, it happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have arguments about whether rapture is true or not anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But we don't have the obsession with, oh man, I hope it comes soon. Right, right. I know. At least I, I don't think so. 
Yeah, I, I think um, I personally don't know what should be the healthy view of death. I mean, we can look to the scripture and, you, I mean, yeah. This, the, if you look at scripture, it almost makes it seem like you sh- you should be perfectly okay with this. Yeah. You should view it as almost a birth. Yeah, absolutely. As beautiful as birth, you should view death. Right. It, um, you know, you look at Stephen, the mm-hmm. martyr, yeah. who was like totally just like, bring it, bring yeah. it on. Yeah, uh, you look at the Apostle Paul. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Yeah, you look at some of the psalmists. Like uh, it's it's a beautiful thing yeah. in the eyes of the Lord, the death of His saints. Right. So, I mean, from a biblical perspective, it should be viewed as this beautiful graduation. Yeah. I think we don't get there until like it's done, and then we're at a memorial mm-hmm. service. Yeah. Uh, but but maybe you can make the case that that's. That's easier to do when it's more like a like old age. Yeah. You know, your 80s, 90s. Yeah. And that's what's hard, too, is like coming to grips with like accidents or tragic deaths, deaths or like young, you know, yeah. like someone who's diagnosed with cancer really young or children or yeah. something. Um, that's probably harder to wrestle with because it feels like that's not fair. Right. They have life to live. Someone right. who's older, you're like, okay, you know, they've lived life. They've enjoyed it. They have grown kids they're going you know it's a celebration of life yeah um which is probably harder to do and it's harder to like you know talk about well why did they die you know because right. like there's a lot of it that you know and this is where people come into play and it's trash where they're like oh well everything happens for a reason oh god just needed another angel like jesus juke yeah it's like get out of here man how in what world is that helpful like this did Jesus not make it me... another angel <laughs> have you ever heard that one dear god Bro, was... there's some tough ones out there dude but yeah. it doesn't help anyone there and i think just like knowing that like i think it's be better to comfort people and being like man this is tragic yeah but that's because this world is tragic but yeah god is with you in that yeah you know yeah there was this gentleman at, at my dad's church and he and he was and he he thought he had this thought that he didn't want his son to get involved in ministry because he said then God would really really like him and love him and would want to take him sooner. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like that was legit. Yeah. He had a legit fear that uh, like he was reluctant to let his son um, be, in be a volunteer and be in ministry, be in ministry, because he felt like, well, then he said he he had two thoughts. Yeah, Satan was going to really be after him, and then God was going to be like, come home sooner. Mm. That's just a that's a lot of uh, fear based living right there, and it's a lot of misinformation. Yeah, I don't know where he got that from. <laughs> yeah, uh, none of that's very biblical. I mean, he I, read about Enoch, and he's like, what the heck? Yeah, no, not my son, not my son. So. Uh, there we do have some unhealthy beliefs about death. Totally. That that I think um, probably contribute to our fear of death. The the one big thing about death is that like you you wonder, am I going to die like a painful thing, or mm. is it going to be like in my sleep when I'm 95 or whatever? Yeah. Like you ever seen that show like uh, Worst Ways to Die or A Thousand Ways to Die? No, no. Or Worst Ways to Die. I think there were two different ones, but like. There's so many weird ones, dude. Yeah. Uh, there's one that... Uh, oh, I think I have. Sorry. Go ahead. So this guy, he uh, got stuck in a closet. So he like was moving furniture, went into the closet, 
and like bumped something and this piece of furniture fell over, shut the closet door and like snagged against it like yeah. at an angle. Yeah. So he could not get the door open. Yeah. And so you're like, oh my gosh, that's he's gonna just starve to death. No, so he starts trying to carve through the wall. Yeah. And so he's like getting through the wall. He's like, Oh, I can get to the other side. It's like an apartment or something. Yeah. He hits a pipe and so all this water starts pouring in. Oh no. And it's hypothermia that kills him because the water's cold. cold. And so no. he sits there and he gets wet and he's soaked for days and he dies of hypothermia. Oh my god. It was the weirdest. That's, that's like um what was that movie that was popular in the 2000 early 2000s? Uh, uh oh my god. I'm it, it, it's every time I see the loggers. Oh. I think of that movie and I just Oh my god, I can't remember the name of it. I can't think of it in my head. Final Destination. Oh, yes, where it comes through the window. Yeah, yeah dude, it's like it's brutal. Great. The weirdest ways to die. Yeah, it's just like yeah. you're going to die. I met a guy who did logging up in Montana, and it was like him and his six buddies had like, we're not smart, you know, dropped out of high school, and they're like, let's just go do logging. Um, and they did the helicopter one, so the guy's a pilot. So they come down, like guys cut the tree. Oh, dang. Then they drop this chain down, wrap the tree in the chain, and then they lift it up. It's like one of the, the most dangerous jobs in the world. And Jeez. all five of his buddies had died. He's the only oh one left. God. Yeah. Either the log had like fallen and hit someone, or the, when they chopped the tree down, it fell on him. One guy was a pilot and it pulled the helicopter down and it like blew up. Oh, God. This is a morbid episode, dude. But yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So there are plenty of crazy ways to die. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to die any of those ways. Yeah, no. I want I want the Enoch experience. Guys, <laughs> it's like, dude, you're good. Yeah, come you on, up. man, you passed. <laughs> you there was gonna be a really hor- horrific accident, but I thought, nah, nah, man. Yeah, I I think um, we yeah we shouldn't fear death, but yeah. I understand like the fear of like how you might die. That's that's yeah. probably legit fear. You don't you obviously don't want to. I think if it's so bad, if the fear is so bad, then you'll never do anything. Right. You'll be paralyzed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You know, so that's that's also not good, right? But I I think it would be good just to talk a little bit about dealing with grief mm. because so um, I've had my uncle passed away a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, yeah, I think it's almost two years or three years. Mm. Time flies, and um, and he was very instrumental in my spiritual development. Yeah, and he was a mentor the discipler um he he went and looked for me like i he lived in abilene and i was my parents were getting divorced and i was like peace out f this family i'm going to live with with my family and um you know some other family members mm-hmm. I, I basically moved out of the house and and he knew that i was on a path to just total destruction he went yeah. and looked for me and was like dude i think i think you need to come up here mm-hmm. you know give us give us six months and just and I was like, hell, you know, I, I yeah. wasn't yeah. wanting to let, bro. If you don't know anything about Texas, yeah, you know that hmm, Abilene, hmm, yeah, Abilene is uh, very nice, very interesting town. Okay. <laughs> I hear it's I hear it's changed a lot, but we're talking about ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, um, and you know, San Antonio seemed like just it was more of a party town. Okay, um. Although you can make the case that because of the Abilene Christian College. Oh, <laughs> oh it was that place, huh? Yeah, it was a college town, but a Christian college town in okay, many ways. Okay, so that's like uh, 
Kent, Washington. There you go. Yeah, exactly. where Northwest is at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. a very nice town. Very it's nice. a Christian college town. Christian college. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you should come up here. And I fought it a little bit, and then I decided to go ahead and do it. And it, it, was, it changed my life. Yeah. And that, so, you know, years later, he, he's always been a mentor in my life. In fact, even, I may have already talked about this on this show, but even coming up, bringing our family to, to Washington from Texas, um, he was so instrumental in that. And him and my dad were basically the two voices that were the loudest speaking yeah. into me and uh, helping us with this decision. So uh, he passed shortly after us moving here. Yeah. It wasn't too long. And it was brutal. Mm. It was brutal because um, he had been sick for a while. But yeah. I don't think the rest of the family, I don't think we realized just how sick he was until yeah. I went to go visit him and some other family went to go visit him. We're like, oh, he's sick, sick. Right. Um. Yeah, and then he then he passed away. Right. And, um, and I th- it hit me initially. Yeah. Like there was this initial like, just cry yeah it, it hit me and then i was like then it's then i started dealing with the grief and being like man i was i was hoping that he'd be there mm-hmm. for years to come and help me he was always such a, a an inspiration and a person i can just send a quick message to and there was all he was he always had some dope word for me or something mm-hmm. you know um and so I'm starting to make peace with this idea. But man, when I got to the memorial memorial yeah. service and started seeing the images, yeah, and you know they do like slideshows, yeah, bro, I lost it. Really? I just lost. It. My kids had never seen me like that. Yeah, like I guess it was good for them. Yeah, to see me uh, go through this grief. Yeah, um, it was it was tough. Right. So I, you know. It's different for everybody. Yes. Yeah. For some people, it's like that is a necessary thing. For me, in that mm-hmm. moment, it was necessary. Yeah. And I think that that helped me get to where I'm at today with the whole thing. Then, when my aunt passed away recently, um, which was another blow to the family because, yeah. uh, and hers was COVID related. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just a second mother yeah. to me and my sisters. So her passing was another one that was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, man. And and just out of you know, with COVID and a lot of people experience this, uh, it's just all of a sudden. Right. You know, like you're 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 sick, yeah, then you have flu like symptoms, and then all of a sudden you're in the hospital and then it's just up and down and up and down, and up and down. Yeah. Until one day it's just like it, it she's gone. Yeah. Or or they're gone. Um, and that was just a shocker. And just to yeah. see my cousin, like one of the hardest things is to see the close family. Yeah. And to be there. Uh, I have, I don't know if this is fortunate or unfortunate, but I have had the privilege, I guess, to be in rooms with families who received that news. I was a pastor, a, a young lead pastor yeah. in my mid 20s, uh, back in 2011, 2012. And I had, you know, a family from our church calls me up and says, "Our baby's in the in the in the hospital, mm. uh, you know, four year old, five year old." Yeah. And so I go. The family's all like a bunch of family members are there in the waiting room. 
we just start praying. You know, it <clears throat> that's tough when you're a young pastor and then you have this entire family, all these generations, yeah, say, Pastor, what do we do? Yeah. It, Jeez. it was tough. Yeah, man. So I said, Well, let's do let's do what we do best. Yeah. Which is we pray. Right. And we wait on the Lord. And then to pray and then to have the doctors come in and say, The baby's gone. Man. It is that's brutal. Oh man. You see these deep emotions come out of people and you yeah. see you see a side of people that is both horrific and it's also beautiful in the sense of the love. Right. Because you see raw love. Right. It man, that'll that'll change you. Dude. So all that to say that the death sucks, yeah. but you said it earlier. It's gonna happen to everybody. Yeah, you know. I think the the best thing you can do is just have hope. Yeah. Well, and that's I think kind of the hard part is you know like going through grief. Grief is normal. Grief's okay. You know, and you have like the stages of it, like psychologically and right. stuff. But um, I think sometimes we feel like we're not supposed to, especially like in Christian worlds and circles. It's like, well, if I mourn then am i not like trusting that oh they're in heaven or that jesus has them or whatever and i don't think yeah. that's the case at all like yeah. it is part of our humanity to weep and to mourn and to grieve the loss of people oh yeah uh, especially yeah. in the like imperfect tragic world that we live in so i think it's part of the experience and part of us i think even learning um a new side of being close to jesus when we grieve yeah. you know um I found that that like that feeling of pain, that feeling of suffering, like you find new levels of like God being with you yeah. um, when you really feel it. Um, it's hard in anger, like you know, if you're going through it and you're just angry, yeah. it is hard to get through that. Yeah, um, I remember being in those experiences where I'm just I'm just mad and I can't get over Punching it. Walls. Yeah, you're yeah. just like you know drywall. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. I think there's something to that to like feel that grief yeah. and let God kind of walk you through it, you know? And uh, yeah, it's easier like for family. I've had family who've died tragically. I've had family who have died, you know, because of cancer and things like that. Yeah. And those who are suffering, you're like, well, at least it's over. Like right. there's, there's, there's almost like a, yeah, like thank God that this is done with. The tragic ones are hard. You know, I remember like, um, I didn't know him super well. My dad's two cousins they grew up with, like his age, oh, both died really young like in the last 10 years and within like months of each other, super random. Um, so it was a weird, you know, my dad went through that and then my dad had some health issues the last few years that had him like wrestling a lot with his mortality. Yeah. And so my dad's learned a new level of like understanding suffering and understanding God through that. Right. Um, it's, it's a weird, like in a sobering reality that this is part of just our human living mm is you will go through grief and you will go through suffering. Yeah. But to know God through that and to know like his hand through it and what he can lead you into with people, I think is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, not the easiest answer, you know, because, yeah. but I think that gives purpose to the suffering. Maybe it doesn't give like, oh, God did this so that you could learn this. Right, right. You know, it's not that. It is that God will give purpose to what you're walking through, yeah. you know. Um, and that can give us peace about death. That can give us peace about our own death. Um, and dealing with it. Um, yeah. And I think it helps me to not be afraid of it, to mm -hmm. not be afraid of like, I'm not even really, I think, super afraid of me dying. 
Uh, I don't want to die. Like, yeah. I still feel like I got tons of life to live. I like you to be an old man. Now, yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely that fear of other people dying I've had, yeah. which maybe a roundabout is selfish. Maybe that's me being like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with that emotion. Yeah. They'll be, I mean, once they're dead, they'll be fine. I don't want to feel that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is selfish, I guess. But um, not being afraid of it because I know that God will bring purpose into it. Obviously, I'm going to grieve when right. people I care about die, and it's going to be hard seasons, but you got to trust him through that, you know? You said something earlier about, um, like, Christians. Yes. And then how we... We're sometimes really bad at this. Right. So, maybe this can just be the closing topic, yeah, but... totally. If if someone... I've started to adopt this. If If I'm around someone, a friend of mine or whatever person from church and they're dealing with grief and they've just lost a loved one i started to adopt adopt the method of just crying with them yeah and i used to say hey they're in a better place yeah and i found that to be ineffective me mm -hmm. personally i found that to be ineffective because at that time nobody cares yeah and we do have you you mentioned it earlier that is such a mean thing to do to someone to make them feel like if you if you grieve too much right. you're going to go too far and get depressed or if you grieve too much it's because you don't truly have faith right it's amazing how un uh compassionate like christians can come across in these things yeah they seem like they have no like grace for people and that's where i think there's situations where you bringing truth is not necessary in that moment. You can yeah. bring truth by just bringing love and compassion and empathy into that situation. Yeah. You know, I think like I look at Job, the book of Job, where, you know, he loses his family, he's diseased, right. and he's suffering. The first like seven days of his friends getting there is just them sitting and weeping with him. They yeah. don't even, he doesn't talk, yeah. they don't speak, mm -hmm. they just sit together. And they cry with him, mm -hmm. and it's awesome. And they don't mess up until they try to start talking to him. Like, well, what what did you do? Well, what, yeah, what God did must you? be upset with you. Yeah, yeah. That's when they messed it up. Yeah, which is so intriguing to me. But yeah. man, the power of like they just are there with them in the brokenness. Yeah, we. I think most Christians we love to solve the world's <sighs> problems. Yeah. yeah, we have a savior complex. Yes. And we feel like I'm the answer to this person, <laughs> and this is going to be another notch in my Holy right. Ghost belt. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I think, yeah, most people, uh, yeah. you, you don't, you don't even need to cry with them, right? Like you can cry with them, but maybe just be a, a person that listens, that hugs, yeah. that embraces, that brings them dinner, right. lunch, breakfast, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's it. You don't have yeah. to be. You don't have to have this. They're they're not looking to you, right? So that you can give them this awesome advice on right. how to move forward. Yeah, yeah. They, just to be able to be there and just like tell someone like, "Hey, you're going through it. You're not going to have to do it alone." Yeah, like there, there's so much power in just doing that. Yeah, and just being there for them, what yeah. they need. You know. Yeah, like, um, yeah, literally being there. Yeah, being present. Yeah, be there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I think I, that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. Versus what I used to do in the past, I used to feel like I just had to have the yeah. right Bible verse or the right, right whatever. Especially in like a season like COVID, where yeah, like sickness and death is feels like it's all around. Yeah. So 
what more can we do but like just stand together like you mm-hmm. can't really do anything besides that so right yeah hopefully we ended this on a hopeful note i think we did it got i think we did it got dark there for a minute yeah a little dark a little but weird it's a good conversation it's a good conversation so. And uh, we did it well. Thanks for humoring me. Because when Alex and I talked about it, he's like, dude, you can talk about it on the podcast. I'm like, don't think I won't. Yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. Yeah. So here you go, Alex. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool topic. And it shouldn't, you know, the only reason I guess you would fear death is if you have no hope. Yeah. And so maybe that might be a place where you want to look at and yeah. figure out why did you lose hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right on. Well, guys, have a great day. Don't be afraid of death. <laughs> Don't be afraid to die. Just don't be afraid, man. Stop being scared. Yeah, dude. Dang. So anyway, be legit. Don't suck. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Be Legit Don't Suck podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Be Legit Don't Suck and give us a follow on your favorite podcast app. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can email us at connect at BeLegitDon'tSuck.com.